You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Wednesday, January 26th of 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in today and each and every day that you tune in to the show. It's Hall of Fame Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network as the Hall of Fame results have been announced from the BBWAA voting. And David Ortiz is the only additional member to the 2022 Hall of Fame class as he becomes a first ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to David Ortiz. Uh, But today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Scott Rowland um, and and his falling short. You know, if he would have stayed a little bit above average in terms or just at average in terms of what his growth was over the last number of voting sessions, he likely would have gotten in uh, but there were some some blank ballots submitted that I know Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch does not like, and I, I agree with him because if you submit a blank ballot, that just makes it tougher for anybody to get in, not just Scott Rowland. Uh, if you're not going to vote about anything, you're on anyone, don't vote. Don't send in a ballot. Don't make it harder for players to get in, but I'll let Derek, you can talk to Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about that. But uh, former Cardinal Scott Rowland, as I mentioned, falls short one more time, but he is trending in the right direction because here are his voting totals for the last couple of uh, years since he was on the ballot. Um, Going back a a couple of different years, as my computer is working out a little bit, but he he is on the right track. There's no doubt about that. He is trending in the right direction. His first year on the ballot was back in 2018. In 2018, we saw a wonderful class of Jones, Guerrero, Tomey, and Hoffman. But Roland that first year earned a modest 10% of the vote in his first year. Fast forward to 2019. In his second year on the ballot, he earns 17.2%, so up just 7%. Uh, that was a great class as well of Mike Musuna, Edgar Martinez, the late great Roy Halladay, and Mariano Rivera. Fast forward one more year to 2020, and he jumps up big time as he now gets 35% of the vote. 2021, last year's voting session, another big jump for Roland as he goes up to 52.9% of the vote. Um, And then this most recent year, uh, in 2022's Hall of Fame voting class, he gets 63.2% of the vote in his fifth year on the ballot. Like I said, trending in the right direction. But just, just in case... You know, for those of you who still don't believe he's a Hall of Famer, I can understand that. I definitely think that you know he, he's he's a fringe guy, and I, I I'll talk about this tomorrow. We have a crossover with Locked On Cubs coming tomorrow to the show and to the program, and I'll talk about how usually if you have to think about a player, it's a no, right? But with, with Scott Rowland, when you're regarded as one of the best at your positions for a long period of time, you know, the Hall of Fame talks about around a 10-year uh, dominance period, then I. You need to be in the Hall of Fame because you were just so dom- dominant for so long. He had a 281 career batting average, 364 on base, 490 slugging, 855 OPS, a 122 OPS plus, and again, the average for that is 100. Clubs 316 home runs, drove in 1,287 runs over the course of his career. 
517 doubles to throw in 43 triples and you throw in gold gloves galore gold glove winning in 1998 in 2001 in 2002 in 2003 with the cardinals in 2004 with the cardinals in 2006 with the cardinals and one more with the cincinnati reds at the age of 35 in 2010 this is somebody that changed the way that third base is played He, he was remarkable he had a glove he had a cannon he had range and he had a very above average bat this is somebody that, that you wanted in your corner. This is somebody that you wanted to to you wanted not, not only in your corner as a team, but you wanted him in your hot corner because you knew that if something was hit to third base, not a lot of stuff was getting by. It, it really wasn't. Uh, and, and when you look at his stretch as a Cardinal in six parts of six seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals, and this I say parts because in 2002 he only played 55 games. And in 2005, he only played 56 games the year before um, the Cardinals won the World Series. So in six years, 661 games, he had a 286 batting average, a 370 on base, slugged 510, an OPS of 879, and an OPS plus of 127. He came up with the Phillies. He spent the most time of his career in Philadelphia. So in seven years with the Philadelphia Phillies, but mind you, 844 games. He had 150 home runs with the Phillies, 282 batting average, 373 on base, 504 slugging, 877 OPS, and an OPS plus of 126. So the average on base slugging OPS and OPS plus are all extremely comparable between his time with the Cardinals and his time with the Phillies. He had a, you know, his batting average was six points higher with the Cardinals, three points lower with the Cardinals, six points higher for the uh, slugging percentage. OPS was just a two-point difference, and the OPS plus, plus one for the Cardinals time period, but granted, only 661 games. That's why you see the disparity in the home runs, doubles, RBI, stolen base, walks category, etc., etc. But he's a Rookie of the Year award winner all the way back in 1997. That year, he hit 283, hit 21 home runs, drove in 92, had a slugging percentage of 469 and on base of 377. He's he's a World Series champion with the Cardinals in 2006. Played a key role in that team. Somebody that will he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. I I, I don't think that there's there's a question about that. 2023 is going to be his year. When you look at the unofficial BBWAA ballot on BaseballReference.com, um, there's 40 players listed. I don't think all 40 will be on the ballot. For for instance, this most recent year had 30, but you have Scott Rowland will be the reigning uh, leader in terms of percentage of the ballots returning. He had 63%. Former Rocky Todd Helton had 52%. Billy Wagner had 51%. Andrew Jones, 41%, and so on and so forth. Uh, Alex Rodriguez in his second year in the ballot coming off 34%. So that bodes well, right, for Scott Rowland. But then you always have to think about who are the first ballot Hall of Famers coming in? Because likely if there's somebody that, you know, the, the committee really wants to get on first ballot, then they're going to get on that first ballot. There's a lot of options for a first ballot, but again, I don't think all uh, 25 of these names, I'm not going to name all 25, but there's around 25 names on baseballreference.com that that could be eligible for Hall of Fame. Carlos Beltran is one of them. I believe he'll be on the ballot. Uh, Matt Cain, Jacoby Ellsbury, Jason Wirth, uh, Mike Napoli, uh, R.A. Dickey, Carlos Ruiz, Francisco Rodriguez, uh, Andre Ethier, Houston Street, Joe Blanton. I don't think Joe Blanton will get on. Uh, Jason Grilly is an interesting one. Uh, Yaquin Benoit, Stephen Drew, former. You, you just have all these names, right? And again, there's many more that I'm not going to get into. But I don't, I, I don't see a first ballot Hall of Famer when I'm looking at these names. The only one that you could try and argue for, in my opinion, is Carlos Beltran. 
yes, Carlos, Carlos Buck. And again, I'm not saying he is, but you could argue. 279 career hitter, slugged 435 home runs, OPS plus of 119. He slugged 486 for his career. Um, that's the only one, in my opinion, that you could argue. However, with the sign-stealing scandal, I don't know if his Hall of Fame standards are going to be up there, and I, I just don't see him getting in, even on the first ballot, even without the sign-stealing scandal. Um, and without that sign-stealing scandal, I do think he's in the Hall of Fame, and I, I still think there's an argument that he does get in the Hall of Fame, but we'll see. Well, that's a discussion for a much later point in time. Uh, but but again, Scott Rowland, it, it, it's... You know, one could say he got gypped this year of not being in, but I, I guarantee you, some people threw votes to Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens um, because it's their last year in the ballot, trying to get them in. Um, and we'll talk about th- those two coming up here in segment number two. Um, players falling off the ballot in, in addition to Bonds and Clemens. Uh, Kurt Schilling, who only got 58% of the vote, he told voters not to vote for him, and they listened. That was, I mean, he got 58% of the vote in 2022. Uh, that is down from 71% of the vote in 2021. So it's just unbelievable that he's falling off. Also, Sammy Sosa falling off in his 10th year as he only got 18% of the vote. And these following players are falling off because they did not receive 5% of the vote. Joe Nathan, Tim Hudson, Tim Linksicum, Ryan Howard, Mark Deshera, Jonathan Papabon, Justin Morneau, A.J. Brzezinski, Prince Fielder, Jake Peavy, Carl Crawford. Peavy and Crawford did not receive any votes. Former Cardinal A.J. Brzezinski did get two votes. But to kind of finish up the point I was trying to make on Scott Rowland that you know, is it frustrating that he didn't get in? Uh, yes. In my, like I said, in my opinion, because he is a Hall of Famer and how the, the voting system works right now with the trajectory he's on in terms of the voting system, I think Scott Rowland will get in in 2023, uh, especially when you look at the unofficial ballot in for next year. You don't have any first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, the, the only player that's going into their 10th year on the ballot will be Jeff Kent, who only received 32% of the vote. So I don't see him getting a 45% increase to, to get him to that 75% threshold. Um, but, but, but Scott Rowland is somebody that, that will get in. And I don't think you're not, you're not, I don't think you're gonna have a lot of people up in arms like they were when Tim Raines got, got into the hall of fame. This is somebody, you know, who also, when you go by other sabermetric categories, has great defense, obviously. He's a 70-war player, uh, wins above replacement when you look at baseballreference.com. When you look at fan graphs, his war was 69.9, so very, very close in that calculation. Weighted runs created plus, which takes into account ballpark factors in terms of that nature and your, and your production, was 122 for the course of his career. The high was 159 when he was part of the MV3 in 2004. I, I really think that Scott Rowland is going to get in in 2023. That, that is my prediction. I'm not sure if it's a bold prediction or if it's just a prediction, but I say Scott Rowland breaks the barrier and gets into the Hall of Fame in 2023. We'll see if anybody joins him next year um, via the BBWAA, um, associate, uh, BBWAA or via um, a, a different committee uh, later at a later point in time. But that's going to do it for our Scott Rowland, uh, for most of our Scott Rowland talk. We'll talk about... Um, him a little bit more later on, but could talk about David Ortiz. We'll get as much as it might pain some people. We'll talk about David Ortiz and uh, congratulate him on being in the Hall of Fame. Talk about his career and what he did uh, in the postseason as well as in the regular season. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar because it's a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. I would argue it's better than a candy bar. So if you're trying to work out or be healthy as we're still in the new year, if you're if you're 
trying to be healthy, I would encourage you to get a Built Bar because Built Bars are covered 100% in real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and compare that to a candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, no protein. Yuck. Why go for a candy bar when you can get a healthy Built Bar instead? There's so many flavors to choose from, whether that's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so much more. And at Built.com, there are limited-time flavors frequently. So be sure to go to Built.com now and enter the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm repping some Mizzou right now. I was at the the basketball game last night uh, on on Tuesday night that, man, it was just so close to beating the number one team in the nation, the Auburn Tigers, and it was frustrating. So I'm repping Mizzou, so if you want another Locked On show to listen to after your first listen of Locked On Cardinals, head over to Locked On Mizzou. I'm sure John Miller will have some great insight on that uh, Missouri Tiger basketball game, as well as any other Missouri Tiger news and notes. But back to baseball is again the Hall of Fame was announced. If you're if you skipped ahead, if you wanted to get to the David Ortiz talk for whatever reason, um, welcome. Uh, but David Ortiz was elected with 77.9 percent of the votes. You needed 296 votes for election, and he received 307. Career stats speak for themselves. 141 OPS plus 541 home runs, 1768 runs driven in 286 the batting average on base of 380 he slugged 552 for his career 931 OPS OPS plus of 141 you throw in the fact that he was a three-time World Series champion what he did in the postseason it was it was pretty pretty remarkable four seasons with the Minnesota Twins that were nothing to write home about Uh, he did have an 18 home run season with them in 2001 as well as a 20 season 20 home run season in 2002 was not enough to keep him as he signed with the Red Sox in the offseason and we all know what he did with the Red Sox from 2003 to 2016 again a World Series champion in 04 against the Cardinals in 07 against the Rockies and again in 13 taking World Series MVP at the age of 37 he Arguably should have been the MVP in his final season in 2016. If you were watching MLB Network, uh, Harold Reynolds asked Ortiz about that. I mean, at age 40, this is somebody that had 48 doubles, led Major League Baseball, led Major League Baseball in runs driven in 127. He slugged 620, an OPS of 1,021, had 15 intentional walks, hit 38 home runs, 315, 401, 620 the slash line. Pretty remarkable for a guy who's 40 years old, and I understand that he's DH, so maybe he's not as worn down as other players. So you know that that you can say that if you want, but it's not. Um, I, I I don't know. There is an argument as well. A lot of people were, were complaining about you know the, the popularity contest behind it. That if David or, or Barry Bonds had a personality like David Ortiz, then Barry Bonds would get in. And I don't know, maybe there's something to that. Let me know what you guys think. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, when, when you're looking at David Ortiz's numbers, David Ortiz should be in, as well as, I'll say this, if you're looking at just the numbers, obviously, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Barry Bonds, the all-time home run king at 762. Um, Roger Clemens, 354 wins, 143 OP, uh, ERA plus, excuse me, leads Major League Baseball history in Cy Young Awards. 
there, there's no question that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame if you're looking at just the numbers. And there is an argument, especially in my opinion, for Barry Bonds, for him to be in the Hall of Fame regardless. But I'll get to that point in just a moment. I want to finish up on David Ortiz because, as I said, David Ortiz is somebody that, for me, was hard to root against. Just because of how, you know, in all honesty, he was very loved. He was very positive. It seemed like, anyways, to everybody else, a genuine person. Um, and, you know, when he wasn't doing bad things against the Cardinals in the postseason, um, he was, it was fun to watch him in the postseason. Because when you're looking at his postseason resume, it's hard to ignore a three-time World Series champion, as I mentioned, in his career uh, for the postseason, 369 plate appearances, so that's a lot in and of itself. He's got a 289 batting average, 404 on base, slugged 543. He's got 17 postseason career home runs. Um, just remarkable what he was able to do. When, when, when you look at what he did also against the Cardinals in the World Series, and again, this might be painful, but uh, in six games, he was World Series champion at the end of it. He was 11 for 16, two home runs, drove in six, um, two doubles as well. Scored seven runs, just unbelievable what he did that post or that World Series. Um, he's, he had a nice ALDS before that as well. CS wasn't as great for for Ortiz, but David Ortiz, the postseason legacy, uh, will will live on forever in a lot of Red Sox hearts. Uh, talk about this a little bit tomorrow as well with with Andrew Bellison of, of Locked On Cubs. But there is you know something to be said of the intangible factor of all of this that David Ortiz with, with his postseason lore with his postseason legendary performances that has to bode well for him when you're looking at is he a Hall of Famer or not um, and I think that David Ortiz is is a worthy first ballot Hall of Famer when you look at look at the numbers um, and when you're looking at the numbers as well as I mentioned as I'll get into it a little bit Barry Bonds and Roger Clements and it, it, it's it's so frustrating that it's even a point of controversy because you have baseball's all-time hit king in Pete Rose, baseball's all-time home run king in Barry Bonds, baseball's all-time Cy Young Award winner, most Cy Young Awards in his career, Roger Clemens, not in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Passan had a, a piece out in ESPN saying that the museum did not fill, fulfill its uh, promise when they did not vote Bonds and Clemens in in terms of preserving history. You can't tell the story of baseball without Bonds, Clemens, and Rose. And Cooperstown is a wonderful place. I have been there. It's it was it's one of my favorite spots that I've ever been to. You, you and it, there there are parts about MLB's history that that are not great, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I'm okay with the argument that Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. Put them in with an asterisk. Put them in, but just put them in within context. Let people know that yes, this was one of the greatest hitters of all time. But also, there's the steroid accusations to Barry Bonds, as well as Roger Clemens, as well as um, even David Ortiz. As I mentioned, um, it, it's just frustrating when you have the, this system of, of voting that is already so controversial, and it's also unfortunate that you have this controversy on something that should be a wonderful celebratory occasion. And especially another layer on top of that. You have MLB in a current lockout. So you have people already probably not liking the, the narrative that's around Major League Baseball right now. You throw in the fact that the even the Hall of Fame voting is, is bad, is wrong, it needs fixing. It's just another thing wrong with Major League Baseball. I'm not even going to spend my time watching that. It's just 
frustrating. Let me know what you think. Should Barry Bonds, should Roger Clemens be in the Hall of Fame? Personally, I think they will get in. Uh, there, there are numerous committees now uh, that, 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 that get players in past the BBWA um, eligibility. That's how Ted Simmons got in for, um, for, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He got in via a committee, and it's not any less legitimate. It's just a different way to get in, and it's a way to get in after your 10 years are up because obviously Ted Simmons was retired uh, well after <laughs> 10 years, was retired well beyond his 10 years um, when, when he, by the time he got in um, for, for the BBWAA, that's because he got in via a different committee. So I do think that uh, Barry Bonds and Roger, probably Roger Clemens, uh, will get in. In in addition to, um, in addition to David Ortiz, but just with with the other committees. Because you look at it, even in this 2022 class, David Ortiz was elected by the BBWAA. Tony Oliva, Buck O'Neill, Minnie Minoso, Jim Cott, Gil Hodges. And Bud Fowler are all in as well. They were elected by the Veterans Committee. And you want to go back even further. Ted Simmons also elected by that Veterans, um, according to BaseballReference.com. He was part of the 2020 class, for those of you who uh, don't remember. So there are different committees, obviously, that, that allow you to get in. And I think Bonds and Clemens, as well as Rose, um... We'll eventually get in. I think it'll be a little bit longer for Rose because Rose was banned from baseball, so you got to jump at that hurdle. Uh, but at the end of the day, congratulations to David Ortiz as well as the other Hall of Famers for the 2022 class that I just mentioned. Um, the, the voting, as I talked about, is is interesting, to say the least. Um, and I think that I, I know that I don't have a solution for it. But there is a question I've been pondering. Should players get to vote? Tenure, you know, Maybe you have to have 10 years of service time, or should there be a retired players committee for, you know, that, that with players on it, or current players get to vote, players that played with these people? Interesting concept. We'll talk about that coming up next in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Happy new betting year from Bet Online as we are still in January, still part of the new year. Um, and Bet Online wants you to know that they are the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Uh, be sure to head over to the new updated desktop and mobile website and sign up today to receive a 50%, that's right, a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. Whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to sign up and take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Again, promo code Locked On to get you a 50% welcome bonus when you first sign up. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Saw a tweet from Ian Happ that kind of prompted this question. Um, should players get to vote? Because there have been a lot of players that were on Twitter yesterday and today that are flabbergasted that um, Bonds didn't get in. And even a lot of you know writers as well and things of that nature were just shocked that Barry Bonds didn't get in. But, but Ian Happ tweeted, uh, what if players that got 10 plus years of MLB service time also got to vote for the Hall of Fame? I think it's an interesting argument because and I'm not saying that these writers don't understand baseball. I'm not saying these writers don't love baseball. These writers don't want, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying the writers are illegitimate or not able to vote 
okay? Tom Berducci, one of the greatest baseball writers around, gets a Hall of Fame vote. He watches baseball. He understands baseball. He knows what a Hall of Fame caliber player is, right? But it, 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 is, it is interesting because it's a different perspective. Because a lot of times the writers, the media, see one side of a player. They, they see the stats. They see the big moments. But the players that played with these players, how many times can I say player in one sentence? <laughs> um, they, they have a different side. And again, you could, you could argue that the con to this is, oh, they're going to be too emotionally attached and just want to get players to the Hall of Fame. I get that because a lot of times media uh, should be, they're not always, but based from a sports standpoint, should be pretty neutral in how they report things and not bring their personal feelings into it. However, it, it's a different way of knowing. Harold Ronald talked about the idea of you got to work hard. And there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes of players working hard and grinding through things. So I think it's an interesting topic to, to think about should players get, get a vote or at least a partial vote. You know, I think that players should also get a more of a say in, in, the, in the all-star voting, let alone the Hall of Fame voting. You know, I'm not saying have rookie Dylan Carlson get a say on who's in Cooperstown, right? But Ian Happ, I think, brings up a valid point of if you got 10-plus years of service time, you get a vote. You know, or 10 plus years of service time, you're able to get on a committee to vote type of thing. So I think it, that it's interesting, you know, to, to, should players, I guess this is a better way of phrasing it. Should players get more of a say in who is in the Hall of Fame? You know, it, for, for years and years and years, it's been no, because you have um, not only the, the Writers Association, but you also have um, different committees that, that do get players in. And there aren't a lot of players in my opinion, that should get in that don't. Obviously, there are the outliers that, that we've talked about, but with all these different ways to get in, and again, that does not delegitimize the process. It does not make the Hall of Fame any less, but with all these different ways to get in, I do think that um, it's it's an interesting thing to, to think about. Are there enough ways? Like, like, should players get more of a say in who is in their Hall of Fame? What do you think? Let me know in the YouTube comments. Let me know what you think about Scott Rowland. Let me know what you think about David Ortiz. Let me know what you think about Bonds, Clemens, and even Schilling, if you'd like as well. So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Tomorrow's episode is going to be a fun one because we are crossing over with Andrew Bellis and the new voice of Locked on Cubs. So be sure to be ready to rock and roll. That'll be um, live early in the morning on Thursday, January the 27th. So be sure to be ready for that one. But until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.